Hey, it's Name Taken Podcast. Welcome to episode 11. I am your host, Michael Marshall. Each week, I celebrate the unique stories and shared Michael Marshall experiences of another Michael Marshall somewhere else in the world. One thing I really like about this project is that it gives me an opportunity to speak to people who are experts in their respective fields. Architecture, mandolin, uh, documentary filmmaking, activism, hotels. Everyone I've spoken to has some kind of area or craft in which they possess a commanding knowledge and experience. I just love speaking to experts in anything. And this Michael Marshall, who is a battle rap photographer in L.A., was no exception. Michael cruised through an incredible overview of key figures and movements related to the L.A. battle rap, warehouse party, and rave scene. I cannot stress enough how epic his instant recall is. He is an endless font of knowledge of rap media and pop culture. If I had to look something up about rap scenes in the United States, it would be faster if I just asked this Michael Marshall rather than perform a Google search. He had so much to share that across two interviews, Michael and I spent roughly 90 minutes talking about all sorts of things. And because this is, in theory, a 20 to 30 minute podcast, some things had to be edited in creative ways. As an example, towards the end, I had to wedge in a couple questions I asked Michael in our second sit-down, because his answers reveal a lot about how Michael became the lovely and knowledgeable person that he is today. Nevertheless, across this episode, Michael's extensive knowledge and endless enthusiasm transcend any of my editorial decisions. So here we go. Battle rap photographer, Michael Marshall. So I have I have a handful of questions. Like the way this will work, I have a handful of questions, but we're also just going to vibe. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and then I'll I'll sit down and I'll edit it later so we both sound like really on point mm-hmm. you know i'll take out a lot of our ums and stuff like okay. that and i and then i think i will release this particular episode at some point in may okay i haven't figured out when yet but it's going to be probably the second or third because i was going to say my birthday is on may 26th you want me to do it then yeah, sure that'd, that'd be awesome so i'd be like hey guys it's my birthday uh i did i did a podcast and yeah i can absolutely let me actually let me Make a note of that mm-hmm. right now. Sure. I could totally do it for May 26th for your birthday. That'd be yeah. cute. Man, that'd be a fantastic birthday gift right there, Michael. Mm. So how old will you be turning? Uh, 33. 33? Mm-hmm. Yeah. On May 26th. Yeah, May 26th. Turn 33. Okay. I am I am also, uh, I'm August 26th. Nice. And I'm 88 as well. Uh, 88 is a good year. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, no, it's is good, it good year for Michael Marshall. Good year for Michael Marshall. I for I forget <laughs> if there was a baseball player named Michael Marshall on the Dodgers that year or not. I could be totally wrong though. You're right, and I think there actually might have been two. I only remember that because I think my uncle on my mom's side had gotten me like a set of baseball cards as like a gift for the year I was born, and it just so happened that there was like a Michael Marshall card in there. That is that is exactly yeah that is exactly my story mm-hmm. too that I got I got the whole top set for 1988 mm-hmm. and that there was a Michael Marshall card in there nice. and that's that was my that was my process of discovery as well interesting interesting that we both kind of so since since then are there any other other Michael Marshalls that you've discovered um no not yet like of um as far as I know 
like unless there was like I think also like an Italian singer in addition to like uh the dude that sang the hook to I Got Five on it that I referred to. Uh and yep, that too. Yeah, like like it and like even uh in the lead up to this of finding out of like that the name of the guy who invented the hacky sack is named Michael Marshall. That's insane. That dude. I know. Like what a contribution made by made by our people. Exactly. A huge mark on the world. Oh yeah. No, it was uh it it revolutionized <laughs> hanging out on a college quad of just like how yeah. to pass the time. Let's get out hacky sack. <laughs> what do I do with my legs? <laughs> do I stand here? No. I decided to do this podcast first just because it's hmm. such a wild premise and that I didn't like I figured my name was a bit of a common name, but I didn't realize like how common. And even looking through like kind of your Instagram page and then hearing all these stories, like it's a very common name, but with a lot of people who have very uncommon traits or uncommon stories. That's interesting. It's like an interesting way to put it. I like that. What is so among Michael Marshall's then, what is your story? I mean, my story. I don't know. There's there's a lot to unpack there. Um, you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. a whole thing where, you know, born May 26, 1988. Um, I'm actually sure. the first generation of my family with the name Marshall. My mom was Heather Krause. My dad was originally John Banger, but then his dad changed his last name to Marshall for professional reasons. Uh, oh, yeah, wow. no, my grandpa, I my grandpa Noel Marshall was one of the producers on The Exorcist. And he also produced... What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's a producer on The Exorcist. And he also produced this wild cult classic movie in the 70s called Roar that I guess had a revival in the last couple of years for being... He did Roar? That had the reputation... Yo, they used... (laughs) That they had the reputation for for Roar being the most dangerous movie ever made. Yeah, no, my dad was in there. (laughs) My step-grandma, Tippi Hedren... Did, wait, hang on. Did you say you, your step grandmother was Tippy Hunter? Yeah, like in the in, like the birds. Yeah. yeah so okay. I I used Good. to go out to. I remember as a kid like going out to Shambhala like pretty frequently. Like that was mm-hmm. a that's a and it's still like a really good animal preserve out there as far as rescuing big cats from like garages in the winter in Kansas City or something. Um, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, so. Born 1988, um, like at about maybe two or three, like my parents mm-hmm. were told that like I was like I was diagnosed as like severely autistic and was told that uh, my parents were told that it would be highly unlikely I'd be like talking or speaking like I that I would be highly unlikely that I'd be speaking or like maintaining eye contact or all these other things. Um, but I grew up kind of like in between like in Studio City, California, which is just a little bit outside Los mm-hmm. Angeles. Uh, so I grew up, my dad was, owned a production company for many years that did commercials and music videos. So like I grew up going on like certain sets, I think of like, I want to say like the Coca-Cola Chinese New Year commercial, uh, the Shaquille O'Neal okay. Taco Bell Taco Neck ad that got pulled like a week after it came out because apparently it was mm-hmm. very offensive to a group of people with that kind of condition. Uh, Shaq was super nice. Uh, John Landis, it was interesting meeting him as like a nine-year-old, like before knowing kind of the full context of John Landis, uh, as a director for better or worse. Um, and then, yeah, just countless music videos, commercials, that kind of thing. 
And then kind of in my mid 20s, I really got into a lot of like photography and videography, um, just of shooting around the Los Angeles scene. I should probably bring some of those posts back up because I have them going from like 2012 or 2013. Um, But I had gotten a recommendation from a friend at the time, Rachel Skidmore. Um, I guess she's worked quite a bit with the dude behind The Walking Dead over the years. Um, But that Mm -hmm. I just got into like photography and started going to these like warehouse rave shows uh, called Ham on Everything. So with Ham on Everything, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of jumping around here. My apologies if it's not chronological. All right. Uh, with ham on everything, like it would be just like these wild warehouse parties on the outskirts of downtown LA and like random warehouses that you'd only get the address to like a couple hours beforehand. And it'd be these like big parties where it's like giant mosh pit on the main floor, 10 girls twerking on stage. But then they would also bring in certain musical guests. And mm-hmm. I've managed to like either film or photograph over the years there. Everyone from like Caliuchis, Doja Cat, Juice World, Lil Peep, Juicy J, Waka Flocka Flame, um, Denzel Curry. I want to say who else? Playboy Cardi, ASAP Rocky, Lil Uzi Vert. Like kind of a bunch of people that ended up becoming really big. You know I mean, a shout out to uh, Adam Weiss and David Romo over at Ham on Everything. Uh, for having the foresight of bringing a lot of these names that were like bubbling on SoundCloud in the mid uh, mid 2010s and getting them like very, very early. And then also I got into um, the battle rap world of like photographing within because do you keep up with the modern battle rap world or should I do like a kind of a quick little breakdown of... Tell me, yeah, tell me about your background with it. So I I did a lot of music and organizing but i was doing it mostly in asia oh and it i could imagine it being crazy out there but i know shout out to one of the biggest battle rap leagues in the world is a league out in the philippines called flip top that it's between flip top and i want to say uh versus battles russia that's like has like Mm -hmm. the highest view count or something on youtube or like some insane subscriber count um, but basically with the battle rap scene, like I'd been watching kind of off and on from like eight mile, um, Jen's one Oh six and park run, uh, fight club on MTV two. But then around 2009, I really got into it on YouTube. Thanks to like grind time and like URL had just started. Um, but as far as for like my going to events, And just like photographing, filming there, uh, 2013, I started like really bringing the camera around. And my first camera was a Canon T3i. I was a Canon Rebel T3i. I only got that because that's the camera that was used to film the video for Chief Keef I don't like. Um, But yeah, it was just basically, I'd like, I've been heavy, heavy into rap music. But with the battle rap world, I'm one of those people that, I kind of watch a little bit of everything. So like um, there was a dude who passed away in 2016, Cadillac Ron, who I'd photograph. I took a photograph of him outside of a random house party event in 2015. And then that Mm. photo ended up being the photo that would be associated with him. Um, It was weird to see it as like, like surreal for me to see like as a graffiti piece in Los Angeles for outside of what in 2016 was the home of battle rap the bunker. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would have like this giant piece um, based off of the photo I took of him. 
Uh, it was super trippy seeing someone tattoo it on the side of their ribs. Like wow. that's, but yeah, or like I'll have like other pieces of footage end up certain places as well of, I think I had two seconds of a clip I filmed of ASAP Yams. Um, the guy who like helped put on like ASAP Rocky, ASAP Ferg and all them uh, outside the V loan store in Fairfax in 2013. And I guess they used it as part of the virtual Yams Day celebration because COVID made it so that they couldn't do the concert. So they did like, you know, the Yams Day thing. I have I have a question. I'm I'm so I'm like I'm so curious actually, but how did it how did you manage to go from being diagnosed as heavily autistic to being a photographer in these events that are like a sensory overload? Uh, maybe there was like a perp I don't know. Like I think it's just feeding off of the energy, I guess. Of certain events. Mm -hmm. I still remember when I went to like Rock the Bells, the final year that they did the Rock the Bells Festival. Uh, I had almost got kicked out of the photo pit. (laughs) I almost got kicked out of the photo pit because like, for anyone that doesn't know, in between sets, they'll have photographers come in, get set up in the photo pit, and then you're allowed like for the first three songs, um, you take pictures and then you leave and you stay on the side until the next set. Uh, For that one, um, I think it was the first day, because the DJ had been playing, I think, like, Harden the Paint by Waka Flocka Flame. Like, my natural mm-hmm. inclination was to kind of, like, jump up onto the barricade. Like, on the middle part, not, like, the full top of it. And then just kind yeah. of, like, wrap along with, like, the kids in the front row and get them, mm-hmm. like... And I just remember mm-hmm. security guard being like, no, 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 no. Step down. Step down. Like, we're going to throw you out of this festival if you do that again. So I was just like, let me kind of... Like, let me step down here and then just take my little, take my photos of like Danny Brown and the Flatbush zombies. Although it was cool at the next day of that, getting to take pictures of uh, J. Cole and Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, But as far as the sensory thing, I don't know. It's just, and what's even funnier is, or more peculiar, uh, I've never had a drop of alcohol, never smoked, never done drugs. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm like, I'm the quote unquote, the most lit person usually there. Like I know on my Twitter tying back to like the battle rap world. Um, mm-hmm. When I was up in Oakland for KOTD town business one, like I guess a couple people film me rapping along to anti up by MOP, uh, mm-hmm. which is like the very, I had what I like to call my Anna Kendrick in a quiet place moment, mm-hmm. but I was kind of off in my own little world. I'm like rapping along to it. And apparently I got, I was apparently such a hit there that like for my birthday, people will like repost the clip from like a couple of Twitter accounts or whatever of like, dude, you are like crazy. And this was literally before the last battle of a very packed weekend. You know, it's just kind of, I get lost in the music and then I have like such a positive vibe that it's infectious. Why, um, why do you think that is? Why do you like being the photographer, the person who documents the experience? That's a good question, actually. Um, I think it's just because, because I'm, I'm lucky enough to have been able to go to all these different things. Cause I was, I always look at it also of like, I remember, um, director X had had a tip about why, he really got into like being like a big video director. I want to say that he originally started off with like skate videos or something. 
of like documenting mm-hmm. some kind of culture up in Toronto. And I kind of unintentionally took his advice to heart in the sense of like, if you want to kind of get into something, start with a scene that you happen to really like and then build from mm-hmm. there. And so the fact that I've been able to like go to all these like warehouse rap shows, like I've got like a clip I filmed of Lil Peep performing Absolute in Doubt at Nature World Night Out 2017 that hit like 1.5 million <laughs> views on YouTube. So, I mean, wow. and I get comments every day from fans all over the world being like, I never got to see Lil Peep live, but this is the best looking footage I've seen of Peep. So for you, like hip hop and pop culture were these ways that you were kind of like investing yourself in and engaging mm-hmm. a wider world and community. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially considering, um, cause I always tell people like, because pop culture is this massive, massive, like kind of catch all of like so much stuff applies to pop culture that you could kind of group it in for a little like sub genres. So you know, I mean, the fact that I found myself kind of, you know, within the world of like kind of The Simpsons and getting to, you know, talk to other kids growing up about like The Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park, or then getting deep into rap music. Like, like I would be like that kid in high school that I also like to be the person that I wouldn't say the first person to find out about a thing, but like the second or third and then mm-hmm. try to big that up. What are you looking forward to after you finish up your vaccines and stuff? Are you going back to do <laughs> photography or um, are you doing something else? Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to like once it's safe, obviously. Like mm-hmm. I'm looking at it. Once I'm fully vaxxed, like I'm still going to kind of wait it out a little bit because I kind mm-hmm. of look at it. I'm trying to remember who did the analogy of it being like baking a cake where it's like when you're baking a cake, You don't want to be constantly like opening the oven door and letting the heat out. You know what I mean? The cake might fall apart eventually. Um, But I'm definitely doing kind of a wait and see approach of like, as soon as I know a bunch of other people are like that they're good. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to take me a little bit to kind of get back into things, obviously, because like that muscle of my social life it's kind of atrophied a little bit. So I got to kind of like mm-hmm. build it back up. Um, sure. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to like going back to concerts. You know I mean? I've already seen like the ham on everything dudes talking about like, yo, once it's safe, like at mm-hmm. first being like June, like, but then kind of realizing, oh, kind of a wait and see approach. Like I know it's going to be insane. And like once they do like the warehouse shows, it doesn't matter if they put on like, Alice DJ better off alone or like panic at the disco. I write sins, not tragedies, which (laughs) I have been to like the ham on everything shows where you'll have like a bunch of these kids losing their minds to that particular, like, like mid two thousands, like mall emo. I mean, it's very endearing. Um, So looking forward to that. Um, I know within the battle rap world, there's been a couple of big events Mm-hmm. But it's still, and this is, they've taken place in Atlanta, which like, I think Atlanta basically like never had a shutdown. Basically. It was weird. It was weird. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of, I don't know. Like I'm definitely looking forward to being at an event in Los Angeles or something 
Like yeah. I've been pretty much just at home or <laughs> kind of going to a few places that I know are reliable mm-hmm. or that either a few places where I know there's not going to be a ton of people or like nobody. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking forward to like even some small stuff of like, yo, let me go up to Santa Barbara for like a random day trip. But then also like try to time it where it's on like a Thursday or something where I know there's not going to be a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to like going back out to shows, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Although it's weird thinking about it now of, I think in 2014, uh, when Keith Ape came out here to the US for the first time, he's like a rapper from Korea, um, to do like his big single at the time, Itchy Ma, and seeing a mm-hmm. bunch of warehouse kids like with with the um with like the regular masks with like the mm-hmm. mask that where I'm like damn you guys were ahead of the curve in 2014. Well, so so one of the things that we wanted to talk a little bit about was your your upbringing. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a whole thing of you know being diagnosed as like severely autistic at two, uh, but then also I think back to uh, something that my mom was my mom had said to me many like a few years back. You know what I mean? Because it's that whole thing of the older you get, the more stories from your childhood, your parents will reveal. Starting in preschool or whatever, like I had actually gotten kicked out of like my first preschool. Like it was a whole scene where it was a whole scene where like my mom was going to drop me off at school one day and all of the other Mm -hmm. parents like it's like something out of a movie. Like literally as she pulled up, all the other parents are out front of the school, like basically saying that like they didn't want me to be at the school anymore. And, you know, to her credit, um, shout out to um, the owner of that preschool, it's neighborhood school, this woman named Patty. Um, mm-hmm. She like went to bat for me, although I mm-hmm. ended up ultimately going to another school. But like she mm-hmm. did a whole thing. I think it was something along the lines of if you tell him no this early on for something this important, like that's setting, that's setting a bad precedent. Um, somewhere at this point, um, my mom was going to war for me with the LA Unified School District. Somewhere in one of these like individual uh, educational plan meetings, IEPs, I guess there was a representative from LA Unified that straight up said to my mom, uh, have you ever thought that this is all your, I'm going to butcher kind of the paraphrasing here, but something along the lines of like, have you ever thought that this is all your son is going to do? And this is talking about like a three-year-old, like a three or four or five-year-old. And like, that must have set off like mama bear defenses or something. I don't, I don't think she got into like a shouting match or whatever, but like, so (laughs) there's a little bit of back and forth for like a while. And then eventually she secured all the services. Uh, Is, is autism still like an important part of who you are? Is it something you identify with? Is it a community community that you identify with anything like that? I mean, for me, it's kind of like, I look at it as just individual experience. I think now the Mm -hmm. older that I get, the more I realize that it's not like, you know, a thing to be like, oh, I can't tell people about, you know, about this thing about me, Mm -hmm. you know, for like fear out of, out of like fear of judgment or thinking like I'm giving up the magician secret to how I know as much shit as I do for what I actually am interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just one of those things of that. It's my like weird little, it's my, it's my little quirk. You know what I mean? that okay. It's not something that I'm like, you know, I'm making this like the focal point 
for myself. This is just like a regular thing. Like I think it's one of those things also where it's no longer just like the, oh, he's Rain Man. I kind of came from the generation where like it was kind of like the, oh, you're on the spectrum or like this is this is it. Like you are you're done. Um, but where now it's just kind of like, I can take like my little, you know, quirks or whatever, and then <laughs> kind of apply it to kind of the other things, you know what I mean? And that's how mm-hmm. I've been able to kind of, you know, get into, um, the various circles I am. I think it's, I think that's part of why I've managed to kind of, um, I've kind of managed to find myself in kind of the circles that I have over the years. Oh, uh, so, so this is, this is my closer. Um, and it's, uh, as a, as a Michael Marshall and especially as a, a Michael Marshall of like the photography and the rap world, what, um, wisdom can you share with other Michael Marshalls? I mean, it's just basically if it's within reason, embrace the quirks, embrace the interest. Um, and just look for the fun stuff, like embrace meeting other people, getting to know their things um like getting to know their story getting to know their background and then you know make substantial connections but then like i said Mm -hmm. already as far as just um if you're into like a thing like like really delve into the communities around there and learn to kind of have like a kind of a network that you can Mm -hmm. kind of jump in and out of um but yeah because well, with like the kind of photography thing, mm-hmm. it's cool getting to immortalize all these moments. And like I'm, while well, I'm no like Jonathan Mannion or something like that, but it's getting to kind of immortalize all these mm-hmm. cool moments, and then just really like just have fun taking advantage of it. And I never would have thought that mm-hmm. me going out to random places with a camera would get me the kind of opportunities I've had of being able to document all these different things within the Los Angeles scene. And it's just really putting in the groundwork. Michael Marshall, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Michael Marshall. It's it's a very fantastic conversation. You're a fantastic interviewer. Uh, This is definitely a fun experience. Uh, Getting to bond over sharing the same name and then just getting to talk my life story, essentially. I I loved it too. Cheers. I'd like to thank Michael Marshall for spending so much time walking me through his stories and also my Twitter podcast network for weighing in on these editorial strategies. So that's it for this episode. Uh, Next week, I showcase, I kid you not, Australia-based competitive Quidditch chaser, Michael Marshall. Yeah, we're both in Australia and the Wizarding World. All right, well... If you or someone you know is a Michael Marshall, or if you just have a common name, reach out and share your story. Thanks.